Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 32. Minute 32. Uh, hey, everyone, it's Dan. Uh, yeah, Tommy's dead, and uh, Chris grabbed the magazine, although she doesn't have the magazine in her hand, I think, when she gets down to the living room. Uh, and she's storming down the living room to, to see what Linda and Tracy are up to. And then the minute ends with a cat leaping out of the closet and Tommy's body dropping out. And we begin the minute with a long... Uh, sort of a uh, pan in, zoom in to Tommy's face. And unfortunately, we do play a bit of the is he going to blink? Is he going to blink? Is he going to blink game? And I think his eyelids do move slightly, but he keeps it pretty good considering the fact that he's been, you know, sort of dropped upside down, covered with blood, and his hair is gorgeous. Listen. chicken out on me. I guess he got too loaded again. Yeah, really. He's such a homo. He took the bedspread. Great. Maybe that means he'll sleep outside. Do you think he might have stumbled out to his car? Well, he didn't come through here. You faggot, this isn't funny anymore. Damn it. God damn it, Linda, would you stop? This has got a volley of them going on here. The jerk off, the homo, the F word. Um, uh, and I, I think by time she says... This is... Uh, Folks, sorry, this is continuing our discussion from last time. I think by time she said, come on, Tommy, you... I'm not going to say it, but it's... it's, it's, By time she says it, it's like, are you kidding me? And I think think you have to be laughing at this point. I I think I could be horribly, horribly wrong, and if I am, forgive me. But it's just... um, It's just such a product of its time. And technically, it's kind of not a product of its time, too, because if this was shot in 84 or 82, that that movie you can hear playing is Forever Evil, which is 87. So it's a product of, it's like an amalgam of, it's like, it it's it's dated one year and it is another year, but, but it might be another year. And dude, uh, who knows? First Strike, obviously, being 86, I think was when their album came out. But that's that's the first thing to get you with this is that Chris is is going on all uh, firing on all thrusters here, and um, uh, she well let let's talk about Tommy's d- dead body. I you know I watched it again. I watched him drop out of there, and the way he he sort of drops out of the. I'm, I mean I'm I'm like trying to figure out how his body would be positioned because the way he drops is. 
I mean, it's almost like he's been suspended for like um, you know, Shh, the octopus, the wonderful Shh, the octopus, one of my all-time favorite films. There's a sequence in that where everyone's in the lighthouse and they're standing around a table, and all the you know the horrible thunderstorm. God, I want that on Blu-ray. Um, with me doing a commentary, I don't know what the hell I'd say. I'd just say, my God, what's going on in this movie? And one of the guys is standing there, and all of a sudden, um, like drops of blood start dripping on his face. And they look up, and at the very top of the lighthouse, hanging from its its feet, head you know head downwards, is a body. And a few minutes later, it drops from there and just plummets down. And that's almost what it looks like is happening here, because I can't imagine the bendy, unless, like unless he, I, I unless his. I'm trying to because he when when he drops he sort of drops down, and his his head is facing us you know and he, he's all tied up in the bedspread, but so then he couldn't be sort of like bent at the waist, like going back into the closet because I I don't think he'd be able to do that. He could be bent at the waist in the fo- forward like if there's a like a spot in the closet that maybe goes up into the ceiling or something and they jammed him in there and he dropped forward. That might make sense. But the way he drops, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I just watch it again, and I really can't figure out exactly how he drops in there from the angle. But Chris must have been able to see him. Though, that's the thing. That, ah, that, that, that's, that was another minute. Another dollar, another minute. That was another day. Another man. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, so, well, that's what made me think. Maybe he was, like, strung up high in the air, and he dropped out. Like the body in, in the octopus, but it's tough, tough to say. So uh, yeah, and the rest of the minute is Chris basically going back in the living room and uh, Tracy and Linda and Linda with her, I like her frizzy permy hair. Does she have a perm? Because I was gonna say again, there's another first half of the '80s thing. I think by by were there's by '88 were there as many perms as there were. I know there were crazy haircuts. I don't know. I remember my mom getting a perm all the time. I remember my dad getting a freaking perm, like in the late seventies, early eighties, something like that. So, I think I think by by time of eighty eight, yeah, that would have been. I think I don't know. I, I you know I should do more research. You know I I do these things on the fly with the with the knowledge that I have, and I don't remember a lot of perms by eighty eight. I remember, well, maybe sort of square gals had perms. I just remember by time you hit eighty eight. You know, let, let's say if, if well, again, this is made in 84 or 82, but, but it's dated 88. I'm, I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to justify to myself watching this so many times without realizing that it was made at a different time. I think, I think it was the Hysteria Continues, I think they, they mentioned on there when, when, they, when they covered it that it may have been shot much earlier. The moment they said that, I thought, oh, wait a minute. That explains that Sesame Street poster that my sister got in the late 70s. That explains Disco Bee Gees. That explains uh, Bobby Ewing. That explains the hair. That explains a lot of things. But what it didn't explain was First Strike. And what it didn't explain was Forever Evil. And, um, what, it, and what it didn't explain was that the film looks so much like a sla- direct-to-video slasher from the second half of the 80s. So, oh, the conundra. Is that... Conundrums, I like conundra. Conundra. Okay, so Chris, yeah, see, he probably got too loaded and a homo and a da da da. And they're watching Forever Evil. Forever, I like Forever Evil. I I think I saw Forever Evil. I think Forever Evil was lent to me by Mr. Eric Zidel, uh, who who was the guy who got me properly into 
Um, I, I, I've told his, uh, stories about him before. He's a, he's a real great guy. And he was the one when I met him in 87, uh, you know, autumn of 87 when I started at Western Rondequoit High School. After getting to know him, after a month or two, he lent me, and I told this story before, but I haven't told it on this one. Uh, he lent me, here was uh, Jason Lives, Friday 13th Part 6. And here's the thing, I, I, I loved horror movies, I've loved them all my life. But I was afraid of the dark throughout much of the 80s and the end of the 70s. And so I used to do stuff like um, to keep the monster under my bed from coming after me. I had a bunch of stuffed animals and I would put them around the perimeter of the bed. So if the monster reached up, it would hopefully grab a stuffed animal and be satiated. I was the kind of stupid kid I was. Um, but I was always scared of the dark. And so I could watch, you, you know, The Wolfman. I could watch, uh, you know, uh, Hammer films. I could, I could watch stuff like... Uh, Beware the Blob and the Thing with Two Heads and Dracula vs. Frankenstein, the Al Adamson. But once you hit the late 70s, 80s, which I was living in, it was like every week, you know, uh, it seemed like every week or maybe every month or every few weeks, you know, there was a new slasher, crazy-ass horror movie that would come out. And then I, I think, I so want to see that, but I'd be terrified. And then, of course, there were the video stores. And, you know, you'd see the the case for Basket Case. And then you see the case for Blood Feast. And you, uh, or Gates of Hell. And you just look at those and go, and, and, and obviously, Fulci, uh, City of Living Dead. And you look at those and it'll be like, oh, my God, what are those things? And I wouldn't, I couldn't. No, I, ah. But then it was, um... Yeah, he lent me Jason Lives, and I said, okay, I am going to watch Jason Lives. And I sat down, took a deep breath, and I watched it. And joyously, Jason Lives is very funny. It's got a ton of killings in it and great atmosphere. And I think it's pretty spooky, but it's got almost, you know, the your average um, you know, Law & Order SVU episode has more uh, blood. Last Slumber Party, I think, has more blood than... Um, uh, than uh, Jason Lives, but I adore Jason Lives. It's still my favorite Friday the 13th film. It is the one I show to people because slasher films from the 80s can be a very strange thing for people who have never seen them. You know, it's just basically people go to a place, a lot of times they're kind of dull people, and every seven and a half, ten minutes, someone gets killed violently. That's a strange, some people got a strange idea of entertainment. And Eric lent me that, and then and I always say this, he lent me, like a few days later, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Evil Dead 2 had just come out on video. And I'd heard about these, and I, I watched those, and I thought, if I can handle those, I can handle anything. And I did handle them. And for years, I preferred Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2. I actually still might. Um, but, and then maybe a few months later, he lent me Forever Evil. I'd never heard of it. Um, but when I sat down to watch it, I had such a great time. It's su it's a super fun film that deserves better release than it's gotten. I don't know actually what kind of release it has gotten, but it, it deserves a, a definitely better release. It's a fun film. It's got a lot of imagination. It, it um, stymies your expectations every once in a while, which is lots of fun. But yeah, they're watching Forever Evil on the TV or... Actually, we can't quite see what they're watching on the TV because the TV, when we can see it, is doing that thing. I, I guess it is film because the TV is doing that thing where the, the lines are going. Let me, let me just double check to make sure I'm not full of crap. Oh, they are doing that. That that thing with film where if you film the TV image, you, you had to have something that stabilized it that cost money or had to be in the TV. And you can see on the TV, like, the, the lines are rolling through it and rolling through it. And this is a 
big freaking house. Look at the size of that TV they're watching. Oh my god, I I got the new 10 inch TV. Ooh, wow, go crazy. Um, yeah, that's no, the lines are rolling through. So this could be film, huh? Because I know video didn't do video didn't do that. I mean, uh, um, as far as I I remember, video didn't make TV have those lines in them, huh? That's why you'll see stuff like on on um, some television shows. Like if they watch a... Um, like earlier on in this, the news flash was superimposed from a, like a video mixer. But if you see like... You go to like old TV shows and stuff that are shot on film. If someone's watching something on TV, a lot of times um, uh, you either won't get a clear picture of the TV. And then when it cuts to what they're watching, it'll just be, you know someone shoot in the, it won't be actually shooting the tv it'll be you know shooting the stuff that's on the tv the the whatever it's supposed to be on the tv or they'll do stuff like um i think there's a sort of an infamous twilight zone blooper i think where something's playing on a tv or something and someone gets up and stands up near the tv and the and um their shoulder goes too close to the screen and you can see that they're they're they're, they're actually playing a film projector in front of the TV onto the TV. They framed it onto the TV and they got too close and, and gotten the, the line of the light. So yeah, my gosh, this could be film, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I I hope they're enjoying Forever Evil. It seems like it might be a boring evening for them. Okay. Well, I went off on some tangents here, folks. But but we got we got and we'll, we'll talk about the the weirdness. Yeah, where Chris uh, the light is on in sort of the foyer. She opens the door, turns the light off, peers around, closes the door, and then a figure who is clearly from her hair, Linda. And then Chris puts the light back on, and Linda's right there. And what you know, and we'll talk about what the heck Linda is up to in the next minute. And we'll listen to this now. 